Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail. And I've got my whole monorail family in the room with me today. Let's start by going counterclockwise around the table, which is some people's ideal way to go around the World Showcase. So in this case, instead of Canada, you get... Um, I'm actually not here. Oh, someone who's not here. I'm, I'm where you are. What? In spirit. McKenna Monorail is here, directly to your right. And in the... Well, if you're Canada... Then we're going into the UK. In the UK seat is... Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail. And I am in the Rose and Crown <laughs> at the bar. You can come buy me a drink. <laughs> Ordering a leaping leprechaun? Is that what we said you like to drink? That's a real drink. That's what it's called. <laughs> it just but sounds, I also, it sounds insensitive. I also like the cider with uh, whiskey. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Cider and whiskey. Sounds good. Yeah. And now in the France seat, we have... A baguette. A baguette. Hello, baguette. Welcome chicken to the show. Chicken baguette. Chicken baguette. <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, I would eat a chicken baguette. Sounds like something McDonald's might introduce at some point. Only in France. The baguette McChicken. <laughs> it's a perfect compliment to a visit to any Eiffel Tower, even the one in the World Showcase, even though it's miniature. <laughs> well, thank you all for being here, but we're not alone. Of course, we have someone joining us via the magical Monday morning monorail video hotline coming to us from a secret location. It is Landon the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome back to the monorail. Hi, everybody. Coming from the isolation station of love. Now, let's talk about this McChicken baguette because that does sound really good. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. What do you want to know about it? Is it available in the World Showcase? I think it should be. That's why I'm saying perfect compliment to any visit to any Eiffel Tower. Ooh, <laughs> I know how they should make it. They could put the McChicken on there. McChicken. And, and close the baguette no. on top of it. And then put bacon and honey mustard and lettuce and tomato. Why are they, adding? Why are they adding so much? And yes. then I like you it. smash it all together. Oh, and you need a piece of cheese. Oh, I'm making this. I was have thinking, a chicken, but a baguette instead. Or like you can have a baguette and then you can put a chicken nugget on top of it and then put a slice of cheese on it. I'd eat that. That's it. That's all. Here's, That's it. This is the way I'm picturing it. You take a baguette, you slice it long ways like you would a hot dog bun. You layer in the chicken nuggets and then you get your choice of sauce. So it may be barbecue. You just pour that right on in there. You close it. As if you were having a Subway sandwich. Oh. And there you go. Baguette McChicken. 
Or, or hear me out, you hollow out the baguette, take all the breading out, and just stuff it full of chicken nuggets (laughs) so you have like a breaded sleeve of breaded chicken. I'd also eat that. And you can use the the bread on the side for dipping. Boom. I just made something. You're welcome, everybody. That's like a chicken bazooka. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, we could even call it that. I love it. If you held the other end and then squeezed it really hard, all the chicken nuggets would come flying out. Exactly. Cannon. Chicken bazooka. You got to fill it with barbecue <laughs> sauce, too. Yeah. Be perfect to share with all your friends. You could just gather around the end of the chicken bazooka and be like, all right, one, two, three, go. And then, and then it just turns into a game. You, you see who can catch as many chicken nuggets in your mouth. So I thought that we had reached the pinnacle of human achievement when I learned that someone had invented a hot dog cannon. Hot dog cannon. I think we're upping the game here. I've seen it in real life. It's amazing. Yeah. Hot dog cannons really are like maybe the best thing that's that we've ever come up with. Why don't we own a hot dog That should cannon? be the new standard. Let's stop saying the best thing since sliced bread because there have been so many good things since sliced bread. We're, we're setting a new bar. What is the best thing since the hot dog cannon? <laughs> well, now we know it's the chicken bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was perfect. Every house should come equipped with a hot dog cannon on the front. I think if I go to any sporting event from now on, there better be a hot dog cannon there or I feel shortchanged. And someday I will fire a hot dog cannon. <laughs> That's a Whether goal. Whether they let you or not, you're, you're, you're going to oh, make I'm it gonna, happen. By I'm going to do it. I can't imagine. I want to hit some little kid 20 rows up in the stadium <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> with a pressurized hot dog dart. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> oh, is, it really sounds like, I mean, that's a bucket list item for me, guys. Can we put that on there? Sure. No. I feel like we should get to the show. Mm. Oh, is that what we're doing? We should do it. By the way, this is episode 111 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. That's one, a lot. One, 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 one. Yeah. And it is June the 8th, twenty. 20. Thank you all for joining us once again. We've got some news to share from you coming fresh from the Walt Disney World Resort. But first, I want to revisit a conversation we had last week, which was Animal Kingdom Essentials. For the first time in this series, I actually reached out to our Facebook family group and basically requested their votes before we went live with the podcast so that I could include them and give them shout outs for participating. I updated the scoreboard. And I feel like I should share that with you all to show you where we're at now. Okay. But coming up, this isn't the end of this story because last week we paused our Parks and Monorails Most Magical Hour Live with Frank and Jen. This particular conversation is one that we have been building to for a long time. We knew Frank and Jen, they're going to be coming in hot on their Animal Kingdom Essentials and we're going to need to be ready. I said I'm going to be very zen. I'm not going to let them get to me. I'm going to do some meditation, some deep breathing. I'm not going to get fired up, even if Lewis tries to get me fired up on this particular live show. I'm not going to do it. Or Jeff. Jeff has been trying to get me fired up about Animal Kingdom too. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to let it all roll off my back like water off duck's feathers. Nope. (laughs) I'm going to. But I do want to share where we're at with the scoreboard and then invite you all to come back when we resume the Parks and Monorail's Most Magical Hour This coming Tuesday night, 9.30 Eastern, on our Podbean feed and also on the Dillo's Diz YouTube. So, just quickly, here's where we're at. Expedition Everest holds the number one spot with 15 votes. Landon, that's your win. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my boy Disco Yate. Yeah, I was actually surprised by that. Um, it's and really good though. Well, I love Expedition Everest. For a long time, it was my favorite ride on property. Like it, it actually replaced Tower of Terror for me as my favorite ride on property. Now Rise is my favorite ride on property. So I totally get Exped- Expedition Everest being up there, but just. Knowing it's what like else to be number one over flight of passage. Yeah. That's, that's that's kinda surprising. Knowing what it had to contend with, yeah. I feel like is why it surprised me. Two, Kilimanjaro Safari with fourteen votes. I so, mean, I love wow. that. Yeah. That is really good. Yeah. And then three is where we get Flight of Passage with twelve. And it's tied, by the way, with Festival of the Lion King with twelve. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Good job, everybody. I like these. I okay. feel like we did well, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Dinosaur comes in fifth at six votes. I, yeah, I take I'm back okay my compliment. No, dinosaur is amazing. <laughs> um, and that is just one notch above Gorilla Falls, the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail with four volt votes. Four volts. Volts. Um, no volts. Cali River Rapids got two. Ew. Maharaja Jungle Trek got two. Navi River Journey got two. And I'm pretty sure, I, I must not have updated this with the last uh, couple comments, but Primeval World ended up getting two as well. Um, so, <laughs> I know, I know. To put I just, that, I, I, oh, okay, sure, whatever. It's just funny that uh, Navi River Journey is down with all those. I'm sure Nate from DVC Duo is one of them that likes. Uh, well, Nate, Nick, and Lewis all love the Primeval World. I don't. I don't know that they all put it on their essentials, but they uh, were all saying good things about it. Yeah, Nate made us write it. Nate, How? Nate did make us write it. How? How do you have good things to say about that ride? Lewis it's thinks fun. it's fun to get slung no. around. I guess it's kind of fun. It's, it, it's not. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We we've mentioned our uh, our thoughts on Primeval World. I do think it's painful. I get people like it. Look, I realize there's a difference when you're talking about best things versus your favorite things, and those lists are not the same. My opinion, it's just not my favorite thing. But every ride that you hate, as shown by the votes for Kali River Rapids, is probably someone's favorite. <laughs> so that's who knows? true. We're all different people. Does anything surprise you from the way the voting shook out? Because, like, just off the top of my head, even though it's not, you know, a mile or a a thrill a minute, whatever you want to call it, I was surprised to see Navi River Journey that far down uh, where it placed. I agree. I figured at least the River Shaman would boost Mm -hmm. the Navi River Journey up a little bit. Like, I I figured it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of Dinosaur, like fifth or sixth. You know what we could have done? For each choice, the top one would get five points and the bottom one would get one. Oh, like, so like that weighted means weighted. people who really like something and make it their favorite, that would have been cool. it would be higher up on the list than something people just have on their list but no, don't like it. But what if those people are one. wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just how it is. I know. As I we know. see I'm as two votes for Primeval World. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing anyway. As I just said, I realize it's all these are somebody's favorite. But... Um, that would be interesting. It would change the rankings. Um, for this particular series, I did not ask people to rank their top five. Just give me your five essentials. Um, and there we have it. So more to come. This is not the end of this conversation, obviously. Right. Tuesday night, we will be speaking with Frank and Jen from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz on our shared live show, The Parks and Monorail's Most Magical Hour Live 
And uh, we're going to be, I think this is going to be the main topic of discussion. And by the way, I've already signed both of you up to be there that night. So Tuesday night, put it on your calendars. What? Yeah. Full lineup. Hey, if people can't join you live 930 Tuesday nights, where could they hear the replay, Jay? Oh, thanks for asking, Landon. It's always available on the Dillo's Diz YouTube. So if you if you subscribe to Dillo's Diz on YouTube, you will be able to see the past Parks and Monorail's Most Magical Hour live. You just won't be able to talk to us live. You can pretend, but we won't talk back. <laughs> my life's kind of taking over, or my school's kind of taking over my life, so I haven't been on in a few weeks now. It's Yeah, and people have definitely missed you. People say at the time, first of all, they're worried that I've stuffed you in a closet somewhere. <laughs> that was their first concern. Second, they were just saying that like they missed you and they want to hear your opinions on these things, and lots of people have definitely been saying they they would like you to return, so... Tuesday night, you got to make sure to be there. It's true, I'm in a closet, help. <laughs> but what about whenever it's 10 o'clock and I need to go to bed? <laughs> well, maybe we're done with the Animal Kingdom talk by then, and you can just give hugs and excuse yourself. All right. <laughs> but, but I do at least need you guys there for, let's say you're. I'm committing you to 30 minutes. How about that? I'm okay with that. Okay. Second just pull half. a Marshawn Lynch and say, I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. <laughs> and that's all you say? Mm-hmm. You could do it. Just quickly wanted to address. So I know that this is something that we've said in the past, but I wanted to address it again now, considering the, the state of what's going on in the world. I feel like it would be kind of um, tone deaf or appear like disconnected or like we're, you know, just out of touch if we didn't speak for a second about why we paused the show last Tuesday. Yeah. Obviously, there is a lot of civil unrest going on around the world, not just in the United States. And that was um, spawned from the brutality that led to the death of George Floyd. Right. This is something that we, we haven't ever addressed on this particular show. And going back to when everything started shutting down for COVID-19, Landon and I had a conversation. I was actually on my way into Epcot and texting with Landon. And he said, you know, Considering the fact the parks are shutting down, we really need to talk about this. This is like unprecedented. This is something that hasn't happened, you know, not something like this in our lifetimes, and we should really shine a light on it. And I said to him, I feel like our show is an escape from reality. I try to be a beacon of positivity. I try to be a fun little hour, hour and a half that people can like join in and not have to worry about what's going on outside. And I feel like. There is value to acknowledge what's going on, but I didn't want to make the show all about it. And Landon's point was, but this is reality and it's affecting the parks and it's something that we should address and at least talk about like, you know, the historic nature of the event. Landon is correct. I don't think he's wrong, um, but I, I chose to like push us to not really address it that much just because I wanted to give people some sort of an escape from what was going on. Cause I knew they were hearing about it from everywhere. I don't think, I don't necessarily think I was right in doing that to begin with. And we did address it a little bit, but we just didn't go in in depth talking about the virus, but I definitely don't think it would be right in this case right now, because I think this is even more important to talk about the fact that you've got people that have been hurting for as long as this country has existed because there hasn't been equality. And it's very easy for those of us who are members of 
you know, the non-minority population to feel like everything's fine because we don't see a lot of what's going on. And I don't want to sit here and try to call anybody out. I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody or, or seem condescending, but here's what I'll say about me. I know that I've got a lot of work to do on myself every day to try to be better and try to not turn a blind eye to things that are happening and try to not only acknowledge it, but be active and try to do something about it. So I think all of us could stand to maybe take a step back and look in the mirror. If you, if you were thinking to yourself, I don't understand what the problem is. Spend some time really listening right now, not to us, to members of the black community that are speaking out and trying to educate us. Now is the time to listen and think to yourself, you know, maybe is there something I need to be doing differently? Is there something I've done in the past that I thought was totally fine that maybe it wasn't and I was being insensitive or hurt somebody? I know that that's the case for me, but again, I try to be better every single day. I try to teach the kids to always be open, open-minded, open hearts, just try to be a little bit better every day. And folks, at the end of the day, there's a reason people are saying Black Lives Matter. We put it on our Twitter. I think it's really important to stand by that phrase. I know people are trying to say, when you hear people say all lives matter, they think that's not hurtful. It is. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you why. I think it's just worth it to maybe do some research and, and learn. So... If this is something you don't want to hear and it alienates you from the rest of this show, I'm sorry, but we feel very strongly about equality and realize that we're not perfect and it's a process. And so that's why we paused the show last week to maybe just realize that we are a part of this because it's even going on in the Disney community. Mm -hmm. So our commitment, and I'm going to be reaching out very, very soon because because I would like to put some effort into bringing in some like black creators of the Disney community to be part of this show. And I'm going to, sorry, but I'm going to do it. And, and I think it's important. Yeah. I, I think it's important to not just say stuff, but take action. Yeah. And I think personally that it's our job as I'm as white people to um, listen and protect minorities because we have privilege and we need to use that for good. And if we don't, we're just being bystanders and that's not good. Yeah. And just my little piece as someone who did, you know, work really hard to get to where they were. And I grew up in a poor family and I, I struggled to get to the point to where I am saying black my lives matter doesn't like, you know, say that I didn't struggle to get to, to where I am, but I definitely have an advantage that I was able to, to take hold of, to help me move up that they don't. And I recognize that I don't discount anyone's struggles that they had in their lives, but realize even your struggles aren't as hard as other people's are. If you think you had the hardest life, then, you know, you're not acknowledging just how, how bad it can be for other people. So that's just my piece. Yeah. Well said. Uh, 
I don't have anything heavy or profound to add to anything that's been said, but black lives do matter. Yeah. Black lives matter. Yeah, same here. I'm not good with words like that, but black lives do matter, yes. Yeah. We're all one family at the end of the day, and uh, we got we to gotta hold each other up. Yeah. And hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. There are a lot mm-hmm. of resources out there for you to even do something small, like sign a petition. Like, yeah. you can do, like, so much that might not seem like a lot, and you don't have to put yourself in the line of fire, necessarily. So. Sorry. Get choked up a little bit. <laughs> we need more empathy in the world, so I think it's a good thing mm-hmm. to talk about. All right. Here's what I want to do. I want to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about some news that just broke from the Walt Disney World Resort. And the plan is to wrap up today talking about the Japan Pavilion, but (laughs) we'll see how it goes because obviously there's a lot of other things to talk about. And if we have to delay it, again, we don't have Kevin. It's his favorite pavilion, I'm sure. You know what? No. (laughs) We're talking about it today. (laughs) All right. We'll see. But Mama Monorail's putting the foot down. I'm done. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hang with us. Welcome back to the monorail. Thanks so much for giving me a moment to collect myself. I am a sensitive guy. <laughs> I make no apologies for the tears. Don't. People who know me, try to watch a show or a movie with me sometime. <laughs> or a commercial. Or a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, it's probably a really good, well-thought-out flash ad will get him. I uh, know. It's sad. Um, but anyway... We got some breaking news I wanted to talk about. This just happened yesterday. Do we have a breaking news sounder? I will put one in if I can find one. Nice. Here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew the parks are going to be opening up soon at the Walt Disney World Resort. July 11th, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom coming oh. up soon. And uh, before that, some of the resorts are actually opening up starting June 22nd. So coming up a couple weeks from now, apparently we've got... Um, some more clarity on what resorts those are going to be, but also what it's going to be like when those resorts open, which isn't something we really knew that much about prior to now. So I wanted to share this because in our family Facebook group, our Monday morning monorail family Facebook group, we have been discussing like, if you had an existing reservation this summer, would you be willing to still come down understanding you might not get access to the park And even if you do get access to the park, things are going to be very different and you might not be able to do everything you want to do. And I'll share some of those uh, responses that some folks have given us. Actually, I'll do it right now before we get into the the policies and and what it's going to look like, because it's going to impact a lot of these responses. Yeah, basically, I just said Universal has officially reopened, by the way, just this weekend. We have some friends that are there, Jeremy and Rhonda from Main Street Magic, who, by the way, I have asked them if they'd like to come on the show in a couple weeks and talk about what it was like to go to Universal. 
with all the social distancing, wearing the mask, trying to use the virtual queues for rides. I want to know what it was like because I think we can apply some of that to what it'll be like when we go to Disney. Yeah. So they're going to come on and talk to us about that. But basically what I said on the Facebook group was understanding there's still a lot of uncertainty and things continue to change. If you had a reservation this summer, and this is hypothetical, even if you don't have one, I'd like to know what you think. Would you hang on to that reservation and roll the dice, or would you just reschedule to sometime next year when hopefully things are back to normal? So here's what we heard. Keenan, Keenan and Rachel, part of our world podcast, Keenan said they do have reservations coming up in September for Labor Day. And he said they're keeping theirs, but mostly because they already have the flights. It's a kids-free trip, not a once-in-a-lifetime, so they're happy just to be there. Ooh, congratulations yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, they're happy just to be there, ride some rides, eat some food, and hang out with friends like the monorails. Oh, <laughs> cheesy. I know. So that's interesting because, you know, Keenan and Rachel, they don't get to come as frequently as, like, say, a drunk stormtrooper. Yeah. But they come... Somewhat regularly, and this is their first non-kid trip, I think. So they're coming down. They're still going to do it. It's kind of celebrating their 10th anniversary. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what anniversary is that? The 10th. (laughs) It's not the cotton. (laughs) Um, So they plan to do it. And, I mean, I think that's fair. I I understand it's, you know, booking flights and then having to cancel, reschedule, do all that. And especially understanding they probably already have something lined up for their son to be taken care of and they figure we'll just go and go with the flow. And I think that's kind of the mentality you're going to have to go with. Yeah. So what is it, McKenna? What's their, it's 10, 10, like T I N. Yeah. Okay. And I remember that. I should have known that from an episode of new girl, the ah. ten, tin foil. Yeah. The tin man anniversary. They could make little hats and wear them around the park. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> Goes perfectly with your mask. <laughs> yeah. Um, J.D. Kuhn said, I had original reservation for May 16th to the 21st. That was rescheduled for July 5th and then canceled. He's just going to wait for January to book. It's better weather and hopefully lower crowds. Totally understandable. Yeah, I get that. And plus, it could be a totally different thing when you come back in January. Mm -hmm. Nick Salcedo, our good friend Nick, our travel agent of choice. He said, I would still keep our reservation. We're of the mindset that the parks are special, but a bonus. We love and schedule down days to experience the resorts as well as do some resort hopping. You can easily make several days out of resort hopping and have a great time. Disney Springs is also someplace we don't spend a lot of time and would love to do more. A trip to the Disney resorts without the parks is an idea that we've been warming up to recently a little bit more. Okay. That might change. Yeah, this might change. (laughs) And we'll tell you why in just a second. Samantha Ock said... She rescheduled their June trip to the end of July since they've been many times before missing out on parades, fireworks, character meet and greets isn't a deal breaker for them. Her husband's excited for less crowds and not having to get up at 6 a.m. to rope drop. She's excited for more pool days and having a more relaxing vacation. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's the key. Yeah. Go in thinking of this as a relaxing vacation. This is not going to be anything like a Disney trip you've tried to take in the past. Yeah, she has a strong name, too. I like it. Yeah, it is strong. Samantha. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Jeff Burkett said, we have a trip booked for late October. It's very difficult for so many reasons. It's an eight-night trip. It's a big cost. We're Canadian, so the exchange makes it much more expensive. 
There's the nagging health concerns with the pandemic, spending three hours on a plane in a confined space during a pandemic, and the added insecurity of the, well, what if you do get sick thousands of miles from home slash universal health care back home? We may have the decision made for us anyway if we have to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival or return home. We're traveling with another family who've been to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom one day each during crazy spring break crowds. This is supposed to be their once-in-a-lifetime trip with us as guides. Mm. We were just there last November, and I worry about taking the kids, nine and five, back to something completely different than they remember. But I also think it may turn out to be something really different and special. I'm guessing Disney wants to make this magical for guests who do come. We're going to hold off and wait to make our, our decision until we have to make the final payment. But if I was a betting man, I'd say we will likely postpone, but who knows to win. I mean, they have a lot yeah. of concerns, yes. especially coming from out of like out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we all mm. know that we're going to go broke if we get sick, but I get it from Canada. You know, it makes it makes a lot more sense. And, and there's a lot more to think about for the international travel, for sure. This isn't just like a family that lives in, uh, you know, like I don't know, Jacksonville, hopping Kentucky, in their car and driving down. Even? Or Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. So, even Washington State. Even though that's far, there's still... Other know, concerns, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so, it's pretty crazy. That's a big trip. Yeah, so it's a lot to think about. Here's something that's going to make it a little more complicated, though. And this goes back to the comment we got from Nick Salcedo. <laughs> yep. Disney has announced that in order to even visit one of these hotels when they reopen, you either have to have a confirmed room night at that hotel or a reservation for dining, which basically yeah. means no resort hopping. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's a bombshell. Wow. It makes sense. It makes so much sense because if people are just able to go in and out of the hotels as they please, that's making... It, higher risk, but it's such a bummer. Yeah, that it is. Means Basically, it means us locals we can't go visit the hotels. Yeah, unless we have a dining reservation. Uh, and they're going to the, probably be doing temperature screenings at the resorts. I would imagine so, and like I definitely understand why they're doing that. But with everything else going on at the park, where you know you have to have a reservation to get in the park, a lot of people in the in the answers you just rattled off. Okay, we don't get in the park that day. We can still, you know, go to the Poly and head down to Trader Sam's, or you know, go check out the Grand Floridian. Um, wow, uh, just to remove that option off the table. Oh, again, I understand why Disney's doing this to protect, you know, the people who are staying at the resorts and and the people that are coming to spend money at said resorts. But wow. Well, mm. and. <laughs> I'm a huge Disney fan and I'm going to go back. You know, I love it. But if I were making a trip for my family and I was, you know, coming from out of state and I didn't get to do this very often, knowing all these restrictions, why would I not go on a beach vacation instead? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because because then you're not spending as much money. The and you'll be able to do stuff with you know with adequate social distancing, but I mean going to Disney, you're gonna feel a little bit like you're you're stuck in one place uh, for a whole day. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, and then imagine if you're Kevin. I'm just making fun of Kevin right now, and you're <laughs> staying at All Star Sports. Yeah, and you can't resort hop. Mm. And by the way, um, the pools are gonna have reduced hours. 
Mm. The pools are going to wow. be open, but they will have reduced hours. The pools, the apparently leisure pools will stay open for 24 hours, but any any pool with like interactive elements will be closed, um, like have reduced hours. Also, they are going to be kind of altering housekeeping a bit. I think it's like a reduced housekeeping offering. Disney's been doing this thing for a while where you could actually opt out of housekeeping yeah. and you get a credit. Um, I think it's like a $10 credit or something, but you get a credit for, for opting out. But I guess that's going to be altered somewhat. Bell service, the bellmen will take like bags to your room, but they aren't escorting people to rooms. So that's a bit of a change. Face coverings, when you're walking around the resort, are required unless you're in the pool or dining, which is something we didn't really think about. Yeah, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they're saying, I, I guess this is something they're still working out, but they're basically saying for wellness screenings, Persons experiencing symptoms of COVID-19 have been in contact with someone with confirmed or suspected COVID-19 without completing a 14-day quarantine or are under quarantine orders must not enter the resort. I don't know how they're going to police that. That's kind of like, sorry, this is going to be crude. That's kind of like the, if you've had diarrhea in the last 24 hours, don't get in the wave pool. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) And then... And I don't know about other people, but I have really bad allergies. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do I know if I have COVID or if I... Yep, that's a fun game we're playing here in East Tennessee. Is this allergies or is this the corona? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't mm. know if I'd call it fun, but it's a game. <laughs> okay. Fun, quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They are keeping uh, common areas extra clean. They've increased the cleaning in high traffic areas, such as public elevators, escalators, handrails, benches, tables, handles, restrooms, and more. Just checking to see if there's anything else. Transportation. This is something. So confirmed. We know the buses are going to be running. It says bus transportation will be available between your Disney Resort and Disney Springs prior to the parks opening. When the parks do open, complimentary transportation will also be provided Transportation will operate with physical distancing measures in place, reducing capacity. As a result, you may experience delays. Minivan service will not be available, Mm. but self-parking and driving yourself is encouraged. Here's the resort services unavailable. Get ready for another good one. Bell service will deliver luggage to rooms, but not escort guests. Club level service will temporarily be unavailable. Ooh. So imagine you paid for that. Mm. I wish there was a way you could put these on, like, hold, maybe? Right. Well, people can cancel and get a full refund right now. Okay, that's good. I didn't... Yeah. I mean, maybe for people who are doing club level, like, every morning, um, maybe Disney could bring in, like, some snacks. For I think the they day. ought to give them a dining credit. Something. Because mm-hmm, club something. level, you can get food basically all day if yeah. you've got club, le- club level service, so... Mm, that's right. Although they're not doing the dining plan, so I don't know how that would work. Yeah. They could give them gift cards. Again, I go back to if you're coming from out of town, <laughs> I would have, if we were in Tennessee and we were going to be coming down for a trip, I would probably want to do a different vacation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate to say that. I mean, that. like, like. Like I'm, I'm kind of in in that same boat because remember before all this happened, I was going to take my mom down uh, for a trip to Disney, and I was going to you know do it up big. We had reservations at Lasellier's and uh, and uh, California Grill and and all these plans, and now it's like with all this going on, that might be a 2021 situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't blame you at all. I mean, I think people really have to weigh these things because 
we knew the park experience was going to be severely different. Mm-hmm. Your resort experience is going to be extremely different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even your transportation experience is going to yeah. be different. Yeah. And you know what? They're going to try to limit the capacity in the pools. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that's something they're going to try to do. Storm along Bay at the Yacht and Beach Club will not be available for a while, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense. That's like the most popular pool on property. So fitness centers will be open, but they're going to have reduced hours. Arcades are not going to be open. I didn't think they were. Yeah, no arcades. Yeah, all those oh, here's something I thought was kind of interesting, Landon. Check this out. New collection product launches and limited edition merchandise will not be available for in-person purchase at the Walt Disney World Resort until further notice. What? So, all the mini stuff? So all your, your only option is shop oh, no. Disney. Oh, boy. Uh, does anybody have some Tylenol? I feel uh, I feel something coming on right now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, if this is the case, Disney, you better get your uh, servers ready because, as you've proven already several times this year, they're not. Yep. Yeah. And by the way, like a perk of having a pass is getting that discount and you can't get it on Shop Disney. Right. Nope. Give me my discount. What are they doing with all those Club Penguin servers? Just use those for Shop Disney. <laughs> um, pin trading? Pin trading's not going to be happening. I don't know if we mentioned that. It makes sense, Ooh. but no pin trading. Yeah, that does make sense just because of all the, like, I'm going to touch this and give it to you, and then this person yeah. might give it to that person. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. No pin trading. Perfect time to get into pin trading. Mm-hmm. Some other things temporarily unavailable. Campfires. Character experiences. Dog parks, the electrical water pageant. Why? Well, because huh? people people gather up to watch it. I guess that's right. Yeah, and they're trying to eliminate stuff that people be like, "Hey, let's all gather around and watch this." Yeah, mm. marina rentals, uh, playgrounds, spas, salons, and the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Oh, what about the void? We still have free tickets. I know. Well, that's high touch. I know. <laughs> The one thing I did see is that the only character dining that's going to be available for a while is at Topolino Terrace in the Riviera, which is interesting. Hey, is that where we went? Yeah. I want to go there. We went there. No, to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, why that one? If you're going to do any, why that one? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But I didn't mention not all of the resorts are even going to be open on June 22nd. Just really quickly, I guess I should probably run down that list while we're sharing the news here. So here are the resorts that will open on June 22nd. Bay Lake Tower, Boulder Ridge Villas, Copper Creek Villas, the Animal Kingdom Villas, the Beach Club Villas, Disney's Boardwalk Villas, the Old Key West. It's all the DVC, uh, Old Key West Resort, Polynesian Villas and Bungalows, Riviera Resort, and Saratoga Springs. Uh, and the villas at the Grand Floridian. So yeah, it's it's, and I think Wilderness, uh, the Fort Wilderness is opening. Mm. But other than that, those are the only things that are opening on June twenty second. So it's like all DVC. It's all DVC, which also makes sense because they've got all these people that have to spend their points. And right. So it would, it would be very expensive for Disney if they didn't let people spend the well. I mean, I guess it's one of those you either use it or lose it type mm-hmm. things. But can you imagine the backlash if they right. didn't have the opportunity to And they to let use people's it? points expire or something? Yeah. yeah that, would, that would be messed up. So, yeah. Yeah, that would uh, that'd, that'd be bad. Crazy stuff. But, I mean, this is stuff we didn't know before. I'll try to share a summary of this on the Facebook page uh, on our uh, Morning Monorail fam. The Monday Morning Monorail Family Facebook group because I feel like people need to know it and hopefully they're listening, but also yeah. I'll, I'll put it down. 
so they can read it too, or at least put a link. That's pretty huge. I, I feel like the resort hopping elimination is pretty impactful. Yeah, it is. That's mm-hmm. a big deal. Like, imagine you're at a monorail resort. Like, yeah. you know? no more monorail bar crawl. Yeah, oh, for a no. while. Yeah, that that really does feel like a big card to pull, so to speak. Because, I mean, like I said, it's like if you go down to Walt Disney World with all this going on with the understanding, yeah, I'm probably not going to be able to get into the parks every day that I'm down there. I'm willing to bet that going to uh, one of the resorts or, you know, bar crawling or whatever, that was possibly one of your backup plans. Yeah. Be like, okay, well, you know, we can't get into Epcot that day. So we'll just, you know, head over to Trader Sam's. Well, now you, you, you can't. So. Yeah, and you know what? With DVC, that even has a bigger impact because you know how right now, like if you're a if you're staying at say, let's say you're staying at the Wilderness Lodge, you can't necessarily go over to the Yacht and Beach Club and use Stormalong Bay unless you're staying at that resort. But DVC members can pool hop at resorts. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Nate and Serena, if you're listening right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure DVC members have the ability to pool hop at different resorts hmm. and they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And if you're not staying at Bay Lake tower, I guess you can't go to top of the world lounge. Uh. I mean, some of the exclusive perks of being a DVC, DVC member, you're losing access to. Oh, well, that's such a bummer. So I, and it's just, you know, here's the thing. I get it. Everything's changing. Everything's different right now. It's just disappointing. And I think you have to factor all this in when you're making that decision on, do I go ahead and try to come to Walt Disney World this year? It's sad to say this year because we still have a whole six months left. But Mm -hmm. yeah, pretty big um, considerations, I think. Yeah, I think we should talk about Japan now. This was a bummer. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Before we do that, I got a little tinkle. (laughs) All right. So let's take a break. Give you guys some time to think through all this information. When we come back, let's talk about Japan. We're going to do it. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Monorail. This is Justin Monorail. <laughs> I have to reintroduce myself. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My um, name is O H to the O. Sorry. I was listening to public service announcement not that long ago. <laughs> Guys, we're doing it. We're going to talk about Japan now. Yes, it's, we are. This was planned for weeks ago, and it got preempted several times. Our apologies to Matt Damon. No, <laughs> I no, we're not apologizing to Matt Damon, Matt Damon. But Japan, we should apologize to because yes. this is a worthy conversation. Mm-hmm. It's the number one. It's the number it one. It is the number one. I want to say this. I think, and this, I could be, maybe I'm going too far. But I think it's my favorite from an aesthetic perspective. I think it's the most beautiful pavilion. I think it's my favorite. Um, yeah. 
It's not mine. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I feel like we say this a lot whenever we talk about the World Showcase, that the exterior is just so unique. But even compared to the other exteriors of the World Showcase, Japan just has this feel. It's like, clearly, as a fat white kid from East Tennessee, I've never been to Japan. But I'm pretty, like, like, I feel like I'm as close as I can be to yeah. that, short of going to Japan. By the way, the best photo opportunity is in Japan. <laughs> That's true. Everyone takes that picture where you can see the Epcot ball through yep, the through the gate. Gate, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is like it is the that, best picture. Spot. That one apparently, you know, they say that the red photo booths in the UK are like the most commonly photographed thing in the World Showcase. But it would shock me if those get photographed more than that gateway with. World, with the Epcot ball in the background. The ball. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I do it. I do it almost every time I pass it. Yeah. <laughs> you make us all stop. I'm going to take a photo real quick. I love it. I think I have that. It's a that, great view. I think I have a picture of that at least seven or different <laughs> ways, seven or eight different ways on my phone. We have a. I was going to say, when, when Jason over the pictures for me to uh, use as backgrounds for my Amazon Echo, there are definitely a couple of that shot. So, and, and you know, it's, it's not necessarily a picture I have minding several of because it is so dang cool. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the album Landon's speaking of is an album on my Google Drive that I created for use with like my Google Chrome so that it shows up as backgrounds, like the screen, sha- screen shavers on our TV. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I do have a few shots through that gateway with the spaceship Earth in the background. But here's the thing. You got to have one during the day. You got to have one at night. And then for Flower and Garden this year, they put the dragon topiary mm-hmm. in front of it. Yeah, that's cool. Which made it even oh, cooler. I didn't see pictures of that. That sounds cool. Yeah, I think I have one at nighttime in that photo album. So yeah. you might want to well, scroll I need to through. update the photo album. By the way, it's really funny. Uh, there's a random picture of the uh, Jocelyn Diz Twitter meet and greet of, uh, of just Jen and Frank. So... I woke up one morning, looked at my clock, and there's Jen and Frank's smiling face. <laughs> oh, oh, this is this is weird. This is funny. So you're confirming <laughs> to Jen and Frank. I told them that that picture is in heavy rotation on our Google screensaver, and it's actually them right in front of the biggest little star in the galaxy, Sunny Eclipse. <laughs> yep, I can confirm those reports. Yeah, it's awesome. I love Sunny Eclipse. Anyway, he's not in Japan. I wish he was. <laughs> he could make a yeah, world tour. Could. Sunny Eclipse world tour. They could put him in like there it. because um, in Tokyo, there's a lot of like fantasy dining. So, yeah. That's a good point. Why not? Let's make a dining there's experience with aliens. Mech fighting dining, <laughs> which yeah. sounds Whoa. real. Like they get people in mech suits and they fight each other while you eat your food. Oh, that's yeah. great. I would so go to that. That sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> but until Wait, we... Didn't, didn't they do that in an episode of 30 Rock? Sorry, I'm getting sucked. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm currently re-watching 30 Rock, so... Yeah, uh, Tracy's son shows up, and that's his idea. It's it's a big uh, mech kaiju restaurant. <laughs> well, it's a real thing. That's, uh-huh, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, until we can visit the real thing, or we have mech kaiju dining in the World Showcase, for now... There's still a lot of really good, even dining options in the Japan Pavilion, but a lot of cool things to see. Um, I did want to share this because I I failed to mention it when we talked about Morocco, but I need to say it now. Morocco was not a day one Epcot Pavilion. Oh, okay. It was not. Japan was. Ah. Yes. It it actually opened October 1st, 1982, but it was in planning 
for much longer than that. They started planning the Japan Pavilion in the late 70s. Lots of big plans. They talked about putting a roller coaster in this pavilion that was going to be like Mount Fuji themed. Oh, wow. And by the way, apparently that idea inspired Expedition Everest. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of the brainchild of the Mount Fuji roller coaster that we were supposed to get in Japan. But the maybe the more interesting thing is there was going to be an attraction called Meet the World that was going to be in the second level of one of the Japan buildings. This was something they were going to bring over from Tokyo Disneyland. And it's a, an attraction that it's kind of like a, a cultural overview of like the history of Japan. But in the one in Disneyland, as you might imagine or can understand they did not have any mention of world war ii and the impact to japan so the reason it wasn't built here in the united states is because they felt like veterans that visited the attraction would feel like upset by the fact it was omitted in the story of japan like it was disrespectful to the veterans yeah so so they ended up dropping the show but it was very late in the game when they dropped it they had already built the full show space with a rotating floor in the second floor of the Japan Pavilion. And that space, by the way, now apparently is used for um, practicing for some of the World Showcase shows and stuff. It's like a practice hmm. space. Well, it sounds like they need to do something with it for people to go in and uh, check Well, but it. they're using it. You know, well, it, it's not unused space. I get it, but come on, let's make it bigger in Japan. <laughs> Still, I, a space that big to go unused by the public still to this day is kind of like, hmm, all right. Because, I mean, that is a pretty, I'd imagine, big piece of real estate. Yeah. yeah. Just go unused. I mean, it, clearly it is being used, but unused to, you know, John Q. Public. Right. Like us. Yeah. It, it, it's unlike Disney to not do something that could somewhat be monetized or be like a revenue generating thing for them and just use it as practice space. But they do have a lot of performers, like, for example, the the performers in China and a lot of like, I guess, I don't know if the bands can practice up there that perform in the World Showcase, but it's just a space that's used for practice and rehearsal. Now, some of the other things that were planned. So we talked about Meet the World. We talked about the Mount Fuji roller coaster. At one point, Godzilla or a large attacking lizard was going to be was going to be incorporated into some sort of an attraction in Japan. Why not? That would have been Why amazing. Not? That would have been Oh my great. god, really? Yeah. Oh. Godzilla yeah. and Mothra. Yeah, they that I guess that was originally the idea was that would be part of the Fuji roller coaster and then it kind of held over like maybe it would be something else, but mm, that oh, would that be so good. Yeah. A Fuji a roller coaster that involves with a Godzilla, Godzilla? attack. Godzilla? Yeah. Godzilla ride would oh my be god. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I need a minute, man. <laughs> I know, they really been? missed an opportunity here. Yeah. God. That's an- so sad. Another- I mean, the big G shows up in the gift shop, but dang, could you... Oh, a Godzilla roller coaster. God! Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Another proposed attraction was a walk through Circle Vision, um, which would have been like boarding the bullet train, and you look through the windows, and it would have showed Japan's landscape on the outside. Oh, that would have been cool. Um, yeah, I think I, they they should still do that. Honestly, how mm-hmm. cool would that? I be? I mean, Universal has something very yeah, similar. Yeah, it, it would so be a lot like they? literally mm-hmm, yeah. took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. It, yeah, it would very much be like the train between the Potter worlds for sure. But this one probably wouldn't even go anywhere. At least no. that train goes somewhere. No, <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't need another uh, a station. another ticket to another park to ride it. Oh so. yeah, well that's true. <laughs> so uh, 
One of the things that's going to catch your eye when you first approach the Japanese pavilion is the large pagoda, which I think is one of the most, aside from the gateway that we already talked about, I think it's one of the most picturesque things in the pavilion. Mm. This, of course, was the home for the Japanese drummers that, to this point, are not part of the employment of Disney. I hope they come back. Oh my gosh, they have to. Because, I mean, they certainly were something that... uh, Matsuriza is the name of the drummer. Sorry, I was looking for it. But they were they were something that every time we were walking through, even if the plan wasn't to stop in Japan, if Matsuriza was performing, performing, I stopped. I always watched the drummers. They yeah. were great. They're awesome. I love the good jinx. I, I, yeah. Do hope they make a comeback because we've already talked in previous episodes how much those performers add to the nuance and the atmosphere of these world showcase pavilions. So I do hope it's just a temporary bye-bye situation. Yeah, and they basically uh, what this show was was a traditional taiko drummer and Japanese storyteller show. It happened at the base of the pagoda, and it had been going on for basically two decades. I mean, with the same performers. Yeah, they got to keep it. So hopefully, it so was back. was that a was that a day one thing? No, for, uh, for okay, all no, right. it was not a day one thing. Um, it was something that was added, I guess, in the last. Um, unless the performers changed out, I know that when they said that they had let go of Matsuriza, that it was like sixteen or seventeen years that they had been doing it. Wow. But maybe it was another group that did it previously. Wow. So, mm. yeah, yeah, they got to bring them back. Yeah, definitely. Um, of course, and British Revolution. Oh, for you, them. Allison. For all you. of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs to come back. <laughs> yeah. So, so those are some of the things that you could have seen when you went. But, uh, but really, I mean, we mentioned the the architecture is so beautiful, and it's basically like the the way it's laid out is you've got buildings surrounding a courtyard. the The Japanese pagoda, by the way, the gate we keep talking about is called a Tori Gate. Okay. Yeah. And then the area is filled with Japanese pools and gardens. There are definitely bonsai in the area. Um, And then the end, if you walk to the end of the courtyard, is a gate to a Japanese castle, including a moat, which leads into the display of Japanese culture. And right now there's an attraction in there called uh, Bijutsu Khan. Bijutsu Khan, I think is how you say it. It's an exploration of kawaii life. Yeah. We've seen it. I've seen it several times. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Very colorful and cutesy. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, um, yeah, I it's very cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else. Japan is very big on, like, mascot culture. Oh, yeah, they have mascots mm. for towns, for, yeah. like, basically everything. It's pretty, it's neat. And then they also like to um, make anthropomorphic foods. And, yeah. <laughs> like, everything is very cutesy in a lot of the Japanese, like, modern, like, art. And not it's modern actually, art, but... Um, Pop culture, modern. That's what I'm trying to say. Alternative wave of people in Japan who dress in like cutesy stuff, like very colorful. Their hair is in these really dyed and these intricate designs. It's very interesting. I would, if you're interested, look into it. I don't remember what it's called. There's Hmm. a name for it, but it's so cool. Check it out. Do some research. Do yep. some research. I can't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to say now, um, actually, I, I don't know if it was from the very beginning, but now for sure, the sponsor of the J- Japan Pavilion is Mitsukoshi. Yeah. I love Mitsukoshi. Best shopping in all of Epcot. 
Yeah, again, I didn't know that was the name of the shop, but that that shop is so dang cool. I could like I could easily drop hundreds of dollars every time I go in there. So I'm actually kind of proud of myself. I've yet to drop hundreds of dollars every time I go in there. But man, there's cool stuff in there. Yeah. And not only is it like you get like Japanese pop culture stuff, but there's like traditional stuff. They had a plush of Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There is a lot of gaming and anime influence in there. You get a lot of Godzilla. Nintendo. He didn't make it to a roller coaster, but you can definitely buy a Godzilla World Tour shirt in there. They have uh, an area where they have samurai swords, which are so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a good story. So they have uh, those ladies that you can open the pearl. Uh, yeah, um, open the oysters. The oysters. So here's my fun story. <laughs> I'm wandering around uh, Michikoshi, and I'm wondering where Justin is. And I look over, and he's over there going, whoa, hello. Like, <laughs> talking to them. And it was hilarious. And they kept going, and covering their mouth. And they kept talking to him. And I was like, look at Look at him over there. They wanted- <laughs> he's like, he's like, ladies, and they're so- like. <laughs> what was going on in this story? Oh my gosh, it was hilarious. They have, I don't care what he says. They he, have, he's about to defend himself. I have to say, I don't care. I know what you were doing, and it was hilarious. They, let me explain. <laughs> they have a Japanese drum that they play anytime that people open up oysters. And when you get a pearl out, they do like a little drum rhythm and, and basically do kind of a little celebration that you got a pearl. I walked over there looking because someone had just opened a pearl. They asked me if I wanted to play the drum. That's how it started. <laughs> and well, I that's did. how it always starts. Do you want to play the drum? <laughs> I even got McKenna. I was like, look at your dad over there. <laughs> It was it was funny to watch. I mean, you know, I'm a good drummer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, yes. Uh-huh. Mitsukoshi is my favorite store. It is in Florida. In Florida. Besides Uniqlo, um, <laughs> which I, I love, but um, because it's where I like to get my incense. Um, that's they have ginger candy there. That's amazing. If you like candy. That um, taste not like candy, and everyone else will hate it, but you like it. Mm-hmm. Ginger candy is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something I was going to mention too. Is they've got a big selection of snacks and drinks from Japan. Yeah, they have tea sets that are beautiful. I always want to get the tea sets. I just the teapots. Oh, and so many tea sets. Yeah, so dumb. They got sake. They have sake back there. They you can even walk have in. a sake house where you can get yeah, hot do. sake. You can mm-hmm. buy dishware, like plates. Mm-hmm. They have chopsticks. You can buy I really nice chopsticks. chopsticks. Yeah. It's a lot of really cool stuff. I know we, we mm-hmm. always spend a lot of time in there mm-hmm. because I think it has things that appeal to a lot of our own interests, um, whether it be gaming or just Japanese culture. They have um, things from Totoro. Studio Ghibli Studio film. Ghibli. Yeah, Studio Ghibli stuff is awesome. Yeah. Always- What's that one metal raccoon that Sam says it, you, that's your spirit animal? Oh, uh, it's a, a agri- Oh, agri- Retsuko. Retsuko. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. she is my spirit animal. Her and I, <laughs> when we go to work, we're like, okay, we're going to work. And as the day goes on, we're totally like freaking out and ready to scream at people. Isn't <laughs> she a red panda? She's a red panda. Yeah, she's... Yeah. She's awesome too. Yeah, she's so cute. She's but when she can like melt your face off with her metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 
if the shopping wasn't good enough for you, the dining in Japan is top notch. Lots of options. Most recently, they added a new signature dining place called Teppan Edo. We haven't gone. I want to go so bad. Me too. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Takumi Te is the new Takumi one. Takumi Te. Sorry. Takumi Te. I want to go to both of them. Yes. Takumi Te is the, the brand new signature dining one. And you can do like a prefix menu where they bring you, you know, it's, it's like a five course meal and they have like paired sakis and things with it. Man, it sounds like it would be so good. And they have different rooms that are themed after like paper and water. And like, it just, that would be such a cool experience. So that's on the list for sure. Mm-hmm. Teppan Edo is a teppanyaki style restaurant that's been around for a while. It means the food is cooked right in front of you. So it's more of your tip, typical like hibachi steakhouse. And we haven't been to that either. We have not done Teppan Edo. But that's because we've got Kobe right around the corner from oh, us. Oh, yeah. Could, you know, we could go down to uh, Benihana. No. Um, but we have done Tokyo Dining. Yes. That uh, was very good. Yeah, apparently it originally occupied two separate restaurants, Tempura Kiku and the Matsunoma Lounge. Tokyo Dining is a traditional sushi restaurant. They serve sushi, tempura, and some other grilled items such as steak, grilled chicken, and so on. Sushi is very We got bento good. boxes. Yeah. But man, it was really good. It was. And it's, it's on the second floor of the Japanese pavilion, and it looks out over the lake. So the World Showcase Lagoon. So when we ate there one night, it was actually when Epcot Forever was happening, which was good because they you could hear the music. I like the music. They have some good music. I don't necessarily need to see the show anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's fine. <laughs> Other dining options. They have Katsura Grill, which is a counter service restaurant located on a hill adjacent to the Pagoda. They have Kabuki Cafe, which is Kakigori, and the Garden House, which is Saki. So yeah, they have that milk ice. Um, yeah, and it's like I, a shaved ice kind of thing. Yeah, but it's yeah. like um, it's like it's like shaved ice, but they put milk and flavoring in it, and it's actually pretty good. I haven't had it at Disney, but I've had it at other places. And you can also get sushi at that same booth. And I'll say it's a step up from like grocery store sushi. It's <laughs> not good. bad. I enjoyed it. That's good. A somewhat ringing endorsement if it's a step above grocery store sushi. See, like I was curious. I'd never had the sushi there, but so so it's 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 okay. It's all right. Yeah, I'd eat it again. But then again, I don't know if you can uh, trust my opinions because I probably would eat grocery like gas station sushi. If I really oh don't eat like gas it. stations. No, uh-uh. like, that is well, that is asking for trouble. Well, no gas station sushi. Also, or don't eat the convenient. sushi at LaGuardia Airport. Don't do that. Either. <laughs> Also, as my parents have learned, you don't refrigerate sushi and eat it a couple days later either. No. No. Don't do that. It has to be fresh, people. You got to eat it then. I mean, I also am guilty of doing dumb stuff with raw fish, so. Yeah. We all learn in our own ways. Sometimes the hard way. (laughs) Haven't we all done dumb stuff with raw fish? I know I have. If we're giving out where not to eat sushi, do not eat sushi from the MTSU cafeteria. I learned that (laughs) about a decade-ish ago. Not there. (laughs) So I wanted to tell you a little something about Tori Gates. Okay. So so you know a little bit more about what they are. A Tori is a traditional Japanese gate most commonly found at the entrance of or within a Shinto shrine, where it is symbolically the marker for the transition from the mundane to the sacred. Yeah. um, They have a... know too many things about japan um they have 
I, I, I give up. <laughs> I was going to say something. What do they have, McKenna? They have things they like have giant trees. And the trees are sacred in there. The gateway. I don't care. Yeah. Thank you. Interesting. Very good. Thanks for all that. Welcome you, to Vulture Culture. We, we have been, <laughs> we've been edified. Well said. The first appearance of a Tory gate can be traced back to mid-Hyaean period when it was mentioned in a text written in 922. Wow. Yeah. So, they've been around a little while. No kidding. I don't know a little longer than a little while. Yeah, traditionally made from wood or stone. Hmm. I had a lot of information about the pagoda because if you'll notice, there's um, the way it's layered, It's it represents something. Yeah. And then it's got this nice um, weather vane, what looks like a weather vane on top of it. And it also represents something. McKenna, tell us about that. Okay, so they're uh, buildings, and they have stuff on top of them. Did you know in Japan there's a giant lavender field? (laughs) And there's a whole farm that's all lavender. And you can go and visit. It actually started because an old man, all he could grow was lavender. And he was like, I can't do anything with this. So he decided to grow Tons and tons and tons of lavender. And then people started coming to visit because there were these huge fields of beautiful lavender. And, like, the ground was all purple. And now he makes a lot of money out of tourist stuff, like tourist coming, to see these beautiful fields of lavender. And he grows seasonal flowers now, too, because he's got, like, he made a living off of something that he didn't think he could do anything with. And it's very cool. He makes lavender ice cream. And all, like, it's so interesting, and I really want to go visit one day. Thank you for vamping. It allowed me to find what I was looking for. You're welcome. That was very good. Although I Lavender is awesome. Good job, McKenna. Yeah, I think think we should go and visit this man's uh, field. Well, we have to go to Japan. I want to go. Let's do it. Did you know that lavender is scientifically the most calming scent? It's, um, I would, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would, yes. Did, I would, yes. I like did you know it's also um, supposed to bring in positive energy and expel negative mm. energy? Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of it. I, everything that I get, I try to make it smell like lavender. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I had an office, yes, hold your laughter. I did have an office at one point. I had a lavender air freshener in there. So, yeah. Hmm. Right next to the door. Mm-hmm. Nice. Are you ready to be learned? Yes. Okay. What are you talking about? We're dropping knowledge over here, but please continue. <laughs> well, if, if you wanted to learn all about Landon's office, then <laughs> s- stay tuned for the post show. Absolutely. I had toys from The Simpsons to Cartman. For, oh, we're not doing that. Okay, my bad. So most Japanese do not identify with or practice one single religion, but rather incorporate and apply aspects of various faiths into their individual beliefs in a fashion known as Shinbutsu. In most cases, the Japanese combine elements of Shintoism and Buddhism. This is why, at the Japan Pavilion, you will see representations of both Shinto shrines and Buddhist temples. The, and then it talks about the Japan Pavilion having two icons. One's the Tori Gate, and the other, of course, is the Pagoda. So, it's a five-story pagoda. Here's what I've learned about pagodas, and this, this is coming from allears.net, which is a great resource for Disney information, but this is where I'm getting this. So pagodas are associated with several religions. They are most commonly linked with Buddhism. The modern pagoda is an evolution of the ancient Nepal stupa, which was used to house religious relics. 
As pagodas spread across Asia, their design was altered to fit the needs of the people and their beliefs. The Japan Pavilion icon was inspired by an 8th century pagoda found at Horiyuji Temple in Nara. And it has, as I mentioned, it's five stories. And uh, during the planning phases, Imagineers wanted to incorporate elements from a number of different pagodas. When the Japanese advisor saw the drawings, he explained that they had used many Chinese components in the designs and did not represent accurately a Japanese pagoda. So as compared to Chinese pagodas, Japanese use uh, muted colors, less ornamentation, and the roofs have simple lines. The five tiers represent, in in ascending order, the elements from which Buddhists believe all things in the universe are created. Earth, water, fire, wind, and sky. On the roof is a sarin, which is divided into several sections. This is that lightning rod thing I was talking about. Each one has some has symbolic meaning. At the Japan Pavilion, there are nine rings which act as wind chimes and top and it's topped with a water flame. And being in Florida, they incorporated a, a lightning rod. <laughs> so that was smart. Yeah. So there you go. That's there was I knew there was a reason I wanted to talk more about that pagoda because I knew it had like there were reasons that it was designed the way that it was. And now you know. And now I know. Congrats. The, the the pagoda has a lot of elements like Avatar. Well it has There's only four Captain Planet. Captain Planet, yeah. Yeah, I was I was expecting him to drop heart there at the end, you know, <laughs> when your powers are combined, I'm Captain Planet, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my god, Captain Planet coming on Late at night, whenever uh, we were at the grandparents' house, still mm-hmm. I saw some weird stuff on that show. Did you learn that recycling is good and littering I, I is wrong? Something else. So okay, yeah. You learned that you're attracted to blue people, and now when no, you when you go in God, Pandora, no. <laughs> <laughs> Captain you learned Planet that was Ted a hunk. Turner decided, wanted to beat pollution. Yeah. Yeah, that was a it's a weird show. It was. I, you guys grew up with weird shows, and I got to experience we them did. on Nick at Night. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing of what was popular once will be popular again in about fifty years. You, you also years. know what was on Nick at Night? What Alf? Alf was on Nick at Night and it's George really Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's that's the one one thing I can say that Alf says. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well That's all I have to say about Japan everybody Yeah, Let's talk about Alf The behind the scenes to that show was insane Did you know that the dad No no if I talk about the dad from Alf It will go very not PG all right, quickly let's not I thought it was really funny when Alf Alf put grape soda on his letter Saying that he was running away I, I thought, thought that was, was hilarious really funny When he talked about eating the cat All the time Oh, he always wanted to eat that cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Never got to, though. That was a main conflict of the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the 80s were weird. They were very weird. <laughs> Everybody was on drugs, I'm assuming. Yeah. But it did give us Ow. the Japanese pagoda on October 1st, 1982. <laughs> oh, The Japanese yeah. pavilion. And I am thankful for that. Thank you, 80s, for giving us the World Showcase. Yeah. Thanks, Alf. So... Yeah, and just uh, <laughs> gave us showcase. A helpful tip for the ladies out there: watch your husbands in the Japan Pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> it, now I want to go eat at the Japan World Showcase because I've never, I've never, I've never been able to eat there, and it sounds all good. It's oh, so good. It is. Mm-hmm. 
It's mm. definitely got a lot of really good options. Hard to go wrong. I mean, you know, you're going to love hibachi, but you would you yep. would probably enjoy Tokyo dining and that Teppan Edo. I mean, Teppan Edo is the uh, hibachi Takumi te. It just sounds amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, yeah, I've looked at the menu and then, oh man, it looks good. It's expensive. It's very expensive. But, uh huh, yeah. $3 signs. <laughs> Three, no, more like five dollars. Five. Ooh, I yeah. can't. I can't afford five dollars signs. <laughs> I can't barely afford. No, I can't afford three dollars signs. <laughs> I think now all that's left is to talk about where we would put Japan on the big board. Uh, top, top of the list. Top of the number think, one. World, world star. I think it's number one for me. <laughs> number one for me. World star. World star fighting Japan. What do you think, Garrett? Uh, pretty good. Where, where but, would you like, put it? And the ones we've talked about. Is it your favorite? uh, We've talked about Morocco, France, UK, Canada, and now Japan. um, I mean, I like... I said that in reverse order. That was pretty good. I like the UK. I don't know if Japan's my favorite, but I I guess it would go number one. Okay. I mean, resounding from Garrett. Landon, what do you think? (laughs) Uh, I think UK is still going to hold on to my top spot, but I will slot Japan in at number two. All right. Well, I do have a note from Kevin that I probably should share because in anticipation... Hold on. Settle down, McKenna. I am getting side-eye from McKenna Monorail right here. Like, like, like settle down. It's going to be okay. The He's UK, right, you know. The UK is better than Japan. How? Yeah, hey, I yeah. love me some Frozen Crown. Like, like to me... Okay, like that you guys is, are just a bunch of alcoholics. Enjoy I'm not disagreeing with that, but I just said I haven't been able to eat in Japan. If I'd been able to eat in Japan, maybe that would change my opinion. I'm just going off my own personal experience. So once again, settle down. Well, It'll be okay. you shouldn't use your own personal I, experience. I agree with Landon, and I don't drink alcohol, so... Well, you don't Thank enjoy you. anything, Garrett, so... I enjoy British Revolution. McKenna, you're grounded. Oh my god, you can't ground me. (laughs) I am an adult. I will turn this podcast around, by God. I'm an adult and I will fight who I want to fight, and it's gonna be Garrett. No. Well, in anticipation of Kevin not being able to join us today, weeks ago he shared with me his thoughts on Japan. (laughs) (laughs) So I can share them with you now. He said Japan is his second favorite pavilion. He loves the food there. The fact that you can get a, get sushi as a snack credit is amazing. The kakigori slush is perfection. The shops are what gets me and Sam, though. It's so great, and the little museum area is great. Not to mention, the pavilion itself is gorgeous and so picturesque. Easily one of the best pavilions in World Showcase. So, Kevin votes it as number two. We've got four vote or three for number one. Are you saying two? Uh, sure. So, so, three for two, three for one? I think that probably puts it at one. Yep, number one. Yep. Probably, yeah. I mean, considering, I'm not sure. I don't it's think number one. we weren't unanimous on um, on UK being number one, were we? No. Right. So I'm, it, I'm thinking it, Japan, UK might be head, neck and neck, actually. Nope. Japan is number one. So wait, Kevin said number one for him? Two. Number two, because Kevin doesn't count. He's not here. <laughs> okay. Oh, what the? That's that, that's malarkey. No, <laughs> How he, dare you? He is not uh-uh. here. Kevin, when you come back, you get you get a say. Yeah, well. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to use such harsh language with malarkey there. <laughs> we have children in the room. McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Japan is great. 
And as they used to say on Cruisin' World, Japan is so cool. <laughs> that was one of the sounds that would happen when you were driving through Japan on Cruisin' World. Um, and I agree with that. I agree with that statement. Yeah. I would like to visit one day. I think yeah. it would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope whenever we visit that Godzilla doesn't come and kill us. That would be great. I would prefer. Oh my god! What if Godzilla showed up? That would be so. <laughs> I prefer. Oh, be so awesome. I would really prefer not to see Godzilla while oh in the. Oh god! Japan. I want to see Godzilla. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to give a shout out to Tom and Michelle, the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Tom has a little side project he does called the Disney Dishes Blog, and this week. He actually shared a recipe that was inspired by my love of a little, a little hidden treasure over at Friar's Nook in the Magic Kingdom in Fantasyland. The loaded buffalo chicken uh, tater tots. Yeah, it's just making like things so awesome being able to get fun recipes. And I, I've made several of his now and fantastic. Yeah. So good. He does a great job. These are copycat recipes. I guess he's just like kind of feeling out the recipe himself. Like, cause these aren't all the ones he's doing are, are not recipes. Disney has shared. Like he's right. He's a talented guy in the kitchen and he's working through it and he's coming up with his best imitation of what you can get in the parks. And I got to tell you, I'm fired up to try these loaded Buffalo chicken tots. Maybe I can make them tonight. Maybe. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't cool. know they, they even existed. So yeah, shout out to uh, bringing, I guess, awareness to that. Checked out the recipe. Onions are disgusting. But other than that, <laughs> I would definitely eat the crap out of some loaded buffalo chicken tachos. Oh my gosh, they're so good. I, I got to tell you, it's surprising to me. A lot of people did not know that these existed. I think a lot of people yep, don't know there. about Fryer's Nook. Yeah, that's crazy. Fryer's Nook is pretty good. They have uh, uh, the mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh, do they have mac and cheese? And it's like tot like. Well, oh, they they had the tots with the mac and cheese yeah. and bacon. Yeah. Yeah. It was spicy. Oh God, that sounds good. Yeah. It was a spicy meatball. No, it was tots and mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, <and bacon>. sorry. Meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um. So anyway, thank you, Tom, for creating this. Just an inspired Disney tribute recipe. I honestly am honored that the bloated buffalo chicken tots were inspired by me. I wear that as a badge of honor. And um, I can't wait to see what else is coming. So make sure you're subscribed not only to the Hyperion Adventures podcast, but also to Disney Dishes blog. Get lots of good stuff from there. And you know what? Here's what you need to do. Mark your calendars. Tuesday night, the Parks and Monorail's most magical hour live is coming back. 9.30 Eastern, we're going to be live with Frank and Jen from Theme Park Thursday of Dillo's Diz. Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz, not of Dillo's Diz. I'm rebranding them. (laughs) We're going to be throwing down about the Animal Kingdom Tuesday night. It's happening. And if if you love the Animal Kingdom and you support us on this mission, I need you to show up. Show up and show out. Be on our side because I feel like the forces of evil are gaining a a little bit of uh, support. No. They're wrong. I think they are. So we got to have people helping us out. I'm looking at you, Nick Salcedo. <laughs> I need you to show up. I never I know. I would be there, but I have to go to bed early. I know. So. I know. I'm I, there in spirit. I know. Well, you you can watch the replay. If you're like Landon, you can't stay up that late because maybe it's a little late on a Tuesday night. The replay is available on the YouTube, Dillo's Diz. But let me tell you something you need to do. You better subscribe to the Monday Morning Monorail YouTube because coming up this week, we've got a visit to the Kennedy Space Center that's going to be dropping on our channel. We had 
so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We learned how yeah, astronauts... Got to go back to his old stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. We learned how astronauts poop. I already knew that. <laughs> we also learned about 15 additional times that Justin <laughs> is an alumni of Space Camp Twice. Yeah. Well, I'm one person, so I'm an al- alumnus. Right. Well, alumnus. Landon also went uh, to space two camp. times space camp, one time space academy. Thank you very much. Oh wow! As I look take at this. Sip academy. out of my coffee probably. mug and look down on you people from my tower. Mm, yes, yes. I yes. probably look so distracted in that video. I never got I to go to space camp. That's because your dad okay. doesn't love you. I know. Why true. don't you love me? It's not true. Take me to space camp. We're gonna I'm send kidding. Garrett to space camp. No, you're not. <laughs> I have quite a few books on Against becoming his not <laughs> McKenna wants to go. Garrett doesn't. So, of course, we send him. That's pretty much the same thing that happened with hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, I really want to play hockey. And, and then you guys were like, Garrett, you should play hockey. I mean, I like ice skating. <laughs> I don't like hockey. You were too old. I'm too old for too everything. Haha, old. <laughs> old person. And I peed myself during ballet, so I had to stop doing ballet. What? <laughs> she, she she was too ashamed to return. Just took a turn. Okay. Wow. No, it was a whole. It was the dance recital. The what I've been working up for the whole time. Everyone's parents were there, and I, the lady, I said I really have to go to the bathroom. And it was right before I came on. She was like, "Just hold it." So. And I kept saying, I got to go, and she wouldn't let me. So I went out, and I started dancing, and I was like, I just peed on myself <laughs> in front of everyone. Well, the good news, McKenna, is that was like a year ago. So It was not it's, a it's year a ago. Time. I was like, what, 10? Oh, God, I was like 10 once, and I, I was younger than 10? No, not much younger. I think you were 8 or 9. Yeah, okay, well, I'll take she 8. She was pretty young. Um, we're saying I, I was 8 when I peed myself. It was like right after... We didn't even move here till she was she seven, was seven. almost eight. Right. No, she wasn't almost eight. She was... I was six. Anyway. Uh, well, it's okay, McKenna. You're not cool unless you pee your pants. That's true. Yeah. You're in good company. MCP yep. pants. So anyway, <laughs> join our Monday Morning Monorail family on Facebook. Subscribe to Morning Monorail on YouTube. Garrett, where can people find your stuff? Uh, Skelligummy everywhere. Skelligummy everywhere. What's going on on your channel? You want to promote anything? Um, what's going on in my channel? I don't know. It's I, I make a video and I post it. That's this is what this is how you sell a YouTube channel. <laughs> Fantastic! Look, the videos are the top quality. There's just no. It's, they're not uniform. The, I just make a video and I post it. The videos are the top quality. I'll, I'll make one episode of a new series and then never do it again. For example, awesome. For example, you can go and watch Garrett's video about top five Mario's. Oh my god, yeah. that one's so good! It's great. <laughs> or <laughs> top five pancakes. <laughs> top five pancakes is better. It's it's the original. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, while you figure out how to market yourself better, let's. This is going to be like a master class in marketing your brand. Landon, tell people where they can find you. L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm, I'm the best. best. Landon Doan, not, not the rest. rest. You can find me 280 characters on uh 280 <laughs> characters at a time on Twitter. See, you built me up, and now I'm just completely out here peeing the bed or the stage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can also find me... Uh, <laughs> sorry, McKenna. Um, I run a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and march!
And, and I know I said that URL might be going away, but I uh, hit the automatic renewal. So for at least <laughs> one more year, Butt Munch Chips is up and running. But instead of heading there, I invite you to head to the iTunes store and search for the Near Fall Radio. Uh, that is a podcast where myself and Will Rab talk about the latest from the world of professional wrestling. Um, I once again want to plug uh, Possum Every Hour on Twitter because uh, in this world, I feel like everybody needs a fun picture of a possum at the top of every hour. And so far, this Twitter feed has not let me down on that. Um, Another random shout out. Shout out to Dillo's Diz. I really enjoyed this most recent episode where they talked with uh, Ali Flores and a couple other people who worked uh, at Hollywood Studios as kind of some uh, street performers. If you like the backstage and inside baseball aspect of cast members and the workings that go on to put these shows out, really entertaining listen. Shout out to those people. And uh, I'm also on the Phil Show, News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, 6 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, streaming worldwide at Newstalk987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app in the News Talk app. Also, we are smart device enabled, so all you have to say is Alexa. Please play News Talk 98.7 and bickety-bam, you're getting the news and talk of East Tennessee. Streaming right to you. Beautiful. Yeah. I recovered. I recovered. You, you R- pulled it out. Rough start, but I definitely stuck the landing. Thank you very much. You pulled it out. <laughs> yeah. I want to give one last shout out, and that is to our friend Adam, because Adam has been loyal to the the uh, Parks and Monorail's most magical hour live every Tuesday night. He's called almost every week, and we've even coined a new term. Which is basically, if we go past an hour, which we always do, we're waiting for Adam. Because the one time he didn't call, it felt like we were just hanging out waiting to see if he would call. Right. So now, commonly, we're waiting for Adam as we go on to our hour and a half of the hour-long show. (laughs) Yeah. So, Adam, the Mouse and More podcast, check them out. Adam's a good guy. And... Thanks for your support, buddy. It's always good to hear from you on Tuesday nights. Hope to hear you on this Tuesday, and you better be on my side. He's fun on the socials, too. Yeah, he is fun. Follow there. Very interactive and always a a good time to hang out with. So thanks to everybody. Um, Hopefully you're staying safe out there. I was about to say you're welcome. (laughs) Not not you, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to our listeners and our Monorail fam. Whether you like it or not, you're part of this fam. So you might as well go join that Monday Morning Monorail family on Facebook. Interact with us all week long. We're Morning Monorail on Twitter. YouTube, guys. Monday Morning Monorail on YouTube. And we have a website, MondayMorningMonorailPodcast.com, where you can find everything Monday Morning Monorail. That's all I got to say. Hey, where can you find a link for that sweet, sweet Monday Morning Monorail shirt you're wearing, buddy? Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to go to the Tee Public store, I actually don't know the um, URL, but we do have a banner for merch on the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast.com. If you want to, not only can you get the classic logo on the gray shirt, which looks really good, I feel like. It does look snazzy, even though this is an audio format. I do want to point out to the lovely listener that Jay's shirt is strong right now. Yeah. You can get the classic logo, or you can get the Monorail Fam logo, which represents our Facebook group. You can wear it even if you're not part of the Facebook group, but be both. Why not both? Why not both? That's what I ask you. And even better, you can get a shirt with my beautiful mug on it. There you go. That's true. That's really true. want to prove that you're a fan. Get another grown man's face on your T-shirt and w- wear it. Yeah, speaking of uh, terms we invented on this podcast, that's a good one. Godfather of Chicken Nugget. Get you, oh, and yeah, it's a, I was that at one point. It is a, it is a very snazzy-looking shirt, so... Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, buddy. 
hey, you know, I'm ki- I kind of get paychecks for this, so. Yeah, well. Not paychecks for the shirt, though uh, my lawyers will be in contact. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Again, stay safe, stay healthy out there. Have a great week, and until we talk to you again, have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. ladies and gentlemen thank you for riding with us today we hope you enjoyed the journey and we look forward to seeing you again next week until then we want to hear from you send us questions comments and suggestions on twitter at morning monorail our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com you can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon. Japan, Japan. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sorry, I like that way too much.